If a person, because his soul brother passes away, he has a right to take all of his belongings, mm. uh, well, then a soul sister and a soul brother, they have more of a right to be mehram on one another mm -hmm. than a physical brother or a sister would. A, a physical brother and a sister, they can hug one another. Mm -hmm. And if this is the case, just because of the bond of blood, then what about the rights of one soul over the other uh, when it comes to the bond of, of light or faith mm -hmm. or the bond of the soul? My dear sister Fairuz. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. So today uh, we want to talk about an important topic and that is the uh, topic of the soul world. Um, why do we choose to speak about um, this topic. We choose to speak about this topic because it is uh, so important that it's regarded in certain narrations from the Ahl-Bayt as being the ultimate distinguisher uh, for identifying uh, who the Imam is, who the Qa'im is. Um, Imam Sadiq said, he said, when the cotton rises, that the brother would inherit from his brother in the soul world. Know him from that. And whoever knows him from that, there remains no further identifier, right? No further proof that's greater than that. Yes. And so the, the idea here is that, is that this is the ultimate way to know who the Qa'im is. And we get insight into the fact that there is something that's called the soul world, and that there is something called a soul family, or else how would a person in the soul world uh, or a soul inherit from his soul brother? Mm -hmm. Usually a person would inherit from their physical family. And so let's examine this, this topic a little bit. Uh, so, regardless of religion, regardless of uh, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, or any other religion on the planet, uh, all religions believe in the fact that when a person dies, he goes somewhere else. That there happens a disconnect between two aspects of a human being, the soul and the body. They believe, uh, most religions believe that the soul enters the body at birth and it leaves the body at death. So the question becomes, where did this soul come from and where has it gone to? Um, and it becomes a question as well of, well, what am I? Am I the soul or am I the body? Because the body perishes, it goes back to the earth as to where the soul continues on. And those who believe in reincarnation, uh, they believe that the, the soul has many bodies 
um, that it rides into uh, or wears as a person would wear a shirt or uh, items of clothing. And so certainly in the view of those who believe in reincarnation, the body is not really a part of us. It's just uh, an external object uh, by way that we experience this physical world for a time being, right? Yes. And also those who believe like Judaism, Christianity and, and Islam, I mean, they don't believe that a person uh, goes into paradise with his uh, physical body rather they believe that a person goes into paradise with their soul and so the 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 body is something which they uh, leave behind um, there's narrations from the Ahl Bayt where the Prophet Muhammad and the Ahl Bayt uh, have made it clear that the souls were created before the body by thousands and thousands of years you know, and, and, and some narrations make it seem like it was the soul was created before all of physical existence, yeah, that, that, that the souls existed from before. And so it can't be that the physical body dictates and the relationships that we have here in the physical world dictates the physical relations in the hereafter, but rather, if anything, it should be the physical relations in the soul world that would dictate the 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 non-physical relations in the soul world would dictate the physical relations um, here on earth. And what I mean by that is that uh, if a person is a believer, for example, um, and he has a family member who's a non-believer in uh, a person who is good having a family member who is evil and you have examples of this for example you have noah and his wife his wife in the quran she was told to enter into the hellfire as well as the wife of lot who was punished and not just in the quran but also in the bible and the torah and so when the prophet Noah or prophet Lot, they enter into paradise, they're not going to have anymore as a wife in that realm or a companion in that realm, uh, their wives from the physical world. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean then? If wives exist or partners exist or mates exist in some sort of capacity, uh, if soulmates exist, well, then obviously uh, Noah and Lot in the hereafter are either going to remain without a partner, which is contradictory to what uh, the narrations have told us and the teachings have told us that all people, uh, especially in Islam, uh, when they go to paradise, they will be with uh, those individuals that they love and they would be with their, uh, their spouse and, and those individuals that are close to them. Um, so they'd either remain without a partner or they would have to have a different partner. There would have to be somebody else who was more worthy, a real soulmate, a real partner, um, that their connection is beyond the physical. 
And uh, this idea uh, of a partner who's the true partner is something which even people that don't believe in religion, they speak about a lot, and it's this concept of a soulmate. And that's why people, um, they feel in their life, uh, a lot of them, that they're longing to find this individual that was kind of like created for them and they for they, them and uh, somebody who is is perfectly matched uh, with them and when they when when people are lucky enough to find this individual uh, in this world what do they say they say i found my soulmate and and so it is uh, something which is which which without them realizing necessarily what they are saying they're speaking of this bond that was created between two souls um, you know, that is greater and higher uh, than uh, this uh, physical world. And people that don't find their soulmates and they end up in relationships that are not ideal, uh, they, and they long to find a soulmate. By longing, uh, they recognize, and by ad admitting that their current partner is not their soulmate, they recognize that there exists a true marriage, a true bond that is beyond um, the physical realm. Okay, so now that we've uh, kind of like uh, explained uh, this idea, the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him and his family. So the Ahl Bayt they mentioned this idea of, of people um, as soul brother inheriting, um, you know, from a, a person inheriting from his, his brother in the souls rather than his physical brother. We also know that the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him and his family, uh, in the beginning of Islam, he paired between the Muslims for a certain period of time and made the believers inherit from one another. And the verse from the Quran came down in which it said, verily the brothers, the believers are brothers mm -hmm. to indicate that uh, believers are true family, uh, even that, that there's something which is greater and, and, and it is belief that bonds and creates and makes a family and not just um, the physical relationships. We have sayings from other prophets and messengers that indicate too that there is this familial relationship that's higher than the physical one uh, that bonds people and it also is around or it's it's rotating around uh, faith faith is this glue that kind of builds this relationship or this bond uh, between people that's greater than the bond that they have uh, by the womb or by the uh, blood uh, and that was Jesus peace be upon him when he was uh, talking uh, preaching uh, one day and and his companions come to them and he says uh, they say your your mother and your siblings are outside and they want to speak to you and he says you know these are my siblings these are my family these are my mother and my father and and my family members and he points towards the believers um, and so Jesus we have uh, forming and admitting and acknowledging and pointing out that uh, he has a family other than his physical family. Uh, the Prophet Muhammad, the Quran, it states, and the Ahlul Bayt stating that 
there is a bond uh, that is greater than the physical bond, the blood bond. Um, there are quotes from the Ahl and the prophets and messengers that indicate that so many a times a person's enemy is born from his own household. And yet other quotes that state from Imam Ali and the Ahl and the prophets and messengers that a two friends are one soul that's divided uh, on two bodies. And so uh, we have very clearly this idea of uh, two families. Uh, one family that is a physical one, your physical mother and father, your physical brothers and sisters, your physical children. And another family uh, that's kind of like the family that you were meant to be with. Mm. Just like you're meant to be with your soulmate, but you don't always end up with your soulmate. There seems to be this idea in religion, there is this idea in religion, that, that there are these mothers and fathers, these brothers and sisters, these sons and daughters that you are meant to be with um, that a person is not always born into. Uh, but rather the ones that you are born into, um, you know, at times this ends up being your fitna. Um, you know, and the Quran states this, and the Ahdi states this, that your, your children are fitna, your, mm. your spouses are fitna. Um, you, know, your, you, you know, your mothers and your fathers, you know, don't obey them when it goes against God, right? Mm. So um, this is the idea. When we look at it also from a logical perspective, you know, if the soul was created before the body, then it must have came from somewhere. Yes. And if it's possible that a mother or a father be a non-believer, uh, then, then, and then it doesn't make sense that a non-believing soul, a soul which is dark, which is absent of faith, give birth to a soul which has life. Yes. So we have narrations from the Ahl Bayt uh, that are mystical in nature, that contain secrets uh, that were not understood uh, by the people at that time. For example, in the Prophet Muhammad said, Fatima is the mother of her father. Um, this was a confusing narration. Uh, people understood it to carry great meaning and significance because it is praising Fatima to Zahra to the degree that it's elevating her to being at the station of the mother of the Prophet uh, of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But they didn't really understand uh, what it meant. And it can't be understood except through the context of the soul world. That Fatima in the physical world is the daughter of the Prophet Muhammad, but the Prophet Muhammad was trying to say that in reality, in the soul world, Fatima is the mother of her father, is the mother of the Prophet Muhammad. And so um, that is the uh, true meaning to it. Now, what pertains to us and what the focus of this episode and this conversation is about is about the fact that now if we have the Qa'im uh, being identified by rearranging uh, family ties um, to where a brother would know his soul brother and would inherit 
from his soul brother and that uh, and and we know that the prophet muhammad did so uh, beforehand and we know that the prophets and the messengers they indicated that there is something as a as a as a soul world then what else will be rearranged in this new period this new time that comes after uh, imam al-mahdi how will family relationships exist? How can we understand the jurisprudence within that context? Okay, and uh, if the if it is a natural conclusion to draw that if a person will know who his soul brother is, then he will know who his soul mother or father is. He will know who his soul children are, um, and. Uh, and he will know who his soulmate is. And that is uh, one of the things that, that one of the realities that Imam al-Mahdi has brought and which will be uh, implemented, this new rearrangement uh, of uh, family ties. And we have, we have this narration in a book which uh, is called Al-Hafti Sharif. And it speaks about how um, the... Um, uh, the the verse from the Quran sabila, that the meaning uh, of this verse actually or one of its meanings applies to uh, the woman who is married to a non-believing man and God the verse says will not make for the disbelievers a hand or a way over the believers. Mm. And so what this verse means, Imam Sadiq says, is that if a woman comes and she testifies to the Imam, or she testifies to some of her believing brothers, uh, that her husband is a Nasibi, he hates the Ahl Bayt, he denies their rights, he's not a, a believer in them and, and he dislikes them, he's a, he has an, a stance of enmity towards them that uh, she can uh, confess this, state this, and she would be given the right to divorce uh, from this man automatically. Why? Because a woman is bound uh, by contract uh, to a man, so she has certain obligations uh, towards him. Uh, he will influence and control uh, her decisions in life. And, uh, you know, at the very least, even if they're equal partners, it will affect uh, like uh, her path. So she can automatically exit out of this contract of marriage uh, because of this verse. Uh, because God would never allow for a disbeliever to have a hold over a believer. And so the mar marital contracts become invalid in the same way that the inheritance contracts between individuals um, that are bound by blood, but not by faith uh, and not by the soul will become uh, invalid. Yes, and, and it further shows that it is the faith really that's the criteria for for those relationships because if it was the physical relations, then she wouldn't have the right to divorce herself so from from the man. So that further proof, proves that it is this aspect of faith that shows that it is, or that makes up those relationships and, and defines them or determines them in the, in the soul world. Mm 
Exactly. Yeah. And that's why we found that uh, the Prophet Muhammad, when he uh, paired between the uh, Muhajireen and the Ansar, uh, that he paired people based on, on their faith level. Yeah. Uh, people that were high in faith, he matched them with other people that were high in faith. Yeah. People that are low in faith, he matched them with other people uh, that were low in faith. Yeah. Uh, there was people that ended up apostating and they were paired with people that were also apostates. There were people that, uh, uh, you know, ended up dying on faith and at very high levels and they were paired with other people that that were uh, at very high levels and from this understanding we didn't know that a person's soulmate is the person whose faith is the closest to theirs that a a a woman who has a particular level of faith you know and and consciousness and awareness her ideal soulmate is somebody who has the same state of mind and the same state of faith and the same state of heart. And that's why they would be ideal together mm. um, because they, they share in that versus um, uh, a fake marriage, which is only uh, bound by uh, the physical body and by uh, reasons of this dunya that are uh, not of the hereafter. And when we, when we come to this, then it opens up the controversial door of what other rights and, mm -hmm. and what other uh, new things will be established in the time of the Qa'im uh, besides the jurisprudence that pertains to inheritance, what are the rights of of soul brothers and soul sisters upon one another. Um, what happens to soulmates? Well, now we kind of got an insight that in the time of the Qa'im, uh, people might end up uh, being divorced uh, from one another um, uh, because uh, God does not allow for a non-believer to remain in this marriage with a believer. Um, a, a soul brother or sister will be ripped away um, you know, a, a person will be ripped away from their physical brother or sister or mother or father, um, and they would find a new family in faith, a new brotherhood in faith. And that's why uh, Jesus says, you know, I have not come to bring peace, but the sword and uh, states that he's yeah. going to turn mother against, um, yeah. you know, daughter and then son yeah. against father and yeah. all of uh, yeah. these things, because people will end up in that time yeah. when Jesus comes back and in the time of the Mahdi, uh, re, you know, re, there's going to be a great rearrangement uh, that will automatically take place based on faith. Those who accept and those who find their family members in the time of the Qa'im uh, versus uh, those who, um, you know, are bound by the flesh. Yeah. Uh, the saying of Jesus now, it, it has a whole new level of uh, meaning and understanding because now we understand why it means that he would turn a father against his or, or a mother against her daughter um, because of that because they would be rearranged based on faith and if they're not matching um, 
then they would be turned against each other. Exactly. So now it makes sense. And, and people always they used to object to these uh, sayings, you know, or wonder yes. about these sayings and say, yes. well, this is not really the morals and the manners of yes. the prophets and the messengers. Mm -hmm. How can how can a prophet or messenger uh, teach to rebel against one's uh, parents? It's because he's sure. teaching them to rebel against parents that are not really in reality their parents. Uh, but rather mm. their parents are the ones that believe and, and say and do the works uh, mm. of the Father. Mm. And so now we have a new world, a soul world, a new family, in which at the very head of it is God Almighty. Uh, he is uh, the one uh, that is the base for this tree, uh, this righteous tree that's mentioned in the Quran. And in the Quran we have two trees, a cursed tree and a righteous tree. And the righteous tree is the tree of Muhammad and the family of Muhammad, the tree of the prophets and the messengers, in which uh, at, the, at the, the, the root of it is all of those who are the highest in faith, uh, Fatima, Muhammad, and Hassan, and Hussein, um, uh, Jesus, Imam Ali, السلام, and, uh, and then they, those souls branch out and a new tree is established where the next level of the greatest prophets and messengers are born from them and saints and holy people and from them is born out more and born out more and born out more until we get to the uh, leaves and the, the little twigs and those who are uh, part of that righteous tree but perhaps the weaker in faith and then we have this other tree which is the cursed tree uh, which its base uh, is ignorance and hypocrisy and Iblis and it, it has in there at its root all of those worse uh, souls uh, like Cain and Nimrod and Pharaoh and Abu Lahab and Abu Jahl and uh, branching out of those, uh, you know, uh, is is uh, are the the uh, disbelieving people and the hypocrites and the enemies of uh, the prophets and the messengers. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, in the time of the Qa'im, uh, the soul world uh, will be established and people will be paired with their soulmate and they'll discover their soul mother and their father and their soul brothers and their soul sisters. Mm -hmm. I remember there's there's this narration that talks about the um, the good tree and and the bad tree in the Quran. I thought of it when you were talking about about them, and um, I remember that the Ahl al Bayt would interpret that the good tree is the tree of the family of Muhammad, and the bad tree is the tree of the enemies of the family of Muhammad. But in the physical world, you would have, for example, Muhammad ibn Abi Bakr, who's the son of Abu Bakr, and he was a lover of the Ahl al Bayt. Um, so it doesn't make sense that this would be about the physical world because like you said, it's the, the good souls would come from good souls. So then there must be another meaning to it and there must be that it is arranged in the way that, that you just explained. This is the only way that we could understand it because then if God would not make a good soul come out of a good soul, uh, come out of a bad soul, then um, there must be another family tree or family relations where it is not like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, um, you know, uh, light begets light. Darkness begets darkness. It is impossible that darkness beget light. Mm. And I think uh, all religions agree on this fact. And for that reason, they believe that the source of all things is light. And that's... Uh, 
uh, God and the light of God uh, because you can't have uh, evil that uh, begets uh, good. Uh, but you can have good that eventually would beget evil through uh, confusion, ignorance, or uh, being meshed with um, meshed with darkness in, in one way, shape, or form, or through good intentions that ultimate, ultimately result in, in bad things. But you can't have bad intentions that end up resulting in a, in a good thing. Mm. Do you understand? Yes. Somebody uh, could have the intention of saving somebody, but, mm. but by accident they exactly. kill them. Yeah. But there's nobody that has the intention to kill somebody or do something bad mm. or cheat somebody or steal from somebody. And in the end, they end up uh, doing them good. Mm. Uh, this doesn't exist. Yes. And, and so uh, in the soul world, all those good believing souls, they have to go back to that. And we know also that in the time of the cotton, the narrations uh, state that the cotton will say, uh, many things that the people will object to and they'll think that he is a Dajjal or a Shaitan. Um, uh, and also it states in many narrations that the scholars, uh, they fight against him. Uh, and uh, the companions even, they run away from him uh, when they hear uh, certain things uh, that he states. And uh, if we go along the lines of the interpretation and the reading of the Quran and the jurisprudence uh, through the eyes of the, uh, you know, with this new understanding of the soul world, um, then what we can deduct from that or what we can deduce from that is that, uh, you know, or conclude from that is that uh, if a person, because his soul brother passes away, he has a right to take all of his belongings. Mm. Uh, well, then a soul sister and a soul brother, you know, they have more of a right to be mehram on one another mm -hmm. than a physical brother or a sister would. Mm -hmm. a, a physical brother and a sister, they can hug one another. Mm -hmm. And if this is the case, just because of the bond of blood, then what about the rights of one soul over the other uh, when it comes to the, the, the bond of, of light or faith mm -hmm. or the bond of the soul? And so we find that uh, the soul brother and, and sister would be mehram on one another. A person would be mehram to his soul mother or a woman be mehram to her soul father. And uh, they would have more of a right to um, have uh, physical contact with one another uh, in ways that a normal physical uh, family or unit would have. Mm. And I think that this would be uh, one of those things that, uh, and it is one of those things that would drive maybe a lot of people uh, away and, uh, and, and make them uh, feel disgust and fear while it would uh, cause all those people that have light and recognize the truth of what it is that uh, I'm saying to feel joy and excitement about, uh, about knowing who it is that, um, you know, uh, they they really belong to. I was gonna say, I, you could only see it as as you could only see the justice and and beauty in this. And and if if anyone would would reject that or feel appalled by that, it's only because they're limiting themselves to this physical world. And it, I feel it's it's such a relief for a person to know that if the family that they're born in 
uh, with or if they're not sharing um, the same faith or if, if this bond of faith is not existing, that uh, there is something that they do have a family, a soul family where, where this bond of faith exists. And if people accept that there is a soulmate and they call it a soulmate, then why would they not accept their, that there would be a soul brother or a soul sister if, if they do accept this idea? And they do, like you mentioned, they do say that it's, it is culture. Um, but it is such a relief and I, I, I cannot imagine, um, like I, I feel it's, it's just that it's justice from God and beauty from God that you wouldn't have to be, that you're not trapped or you're not, you don't have to be, um, with a, a, a family that you don't share that same bond with and the bond of faith is stronger that many people feel that they don't feel that connection with with the physical family that, that they're I, born I would argue in. to say that most people don't well, yes, feel yes. Uh, that that connection uh, with their physical family as much yes. as they do with uh, their friends or with other people that they grow close to uh, throughout life yes. Um, and I think it's a gross misunderstanding uh, and misinterpretation of uh, scripture and sayings when people automatically assume that in paradise they will be resurrected with or they will, uh, you know, go to heaven uh, to be with for all eternity, uh, those members from their physical household, um, because there's nothing that really proves that. Uh, what the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him and his family, did say is that the person will be resurrected with who he loves. And so the person is resurrected with he or she that they love. And so all those people that they find their souls inclined towards, that is the family that they are resurrected with in the, in the hereafter. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Ferdus. I think we'll stop there because, uh, um, you know, that, that's enough, I think, food for thought for this episode uh, to introduce this uh, very complex, um, you know, uh, topic and idea uh, to people uh, that uh, there is, an, uh, as, you know, a family that's beyond this family and that people actually have an obligation um, per the words of Jesus and the prophets to uh, leave uh, their own physical families in order to find uh, that soul family and um, and uh, that there is a bond that ties us uh, more than blood and that is uh, faith and belief. Thank you so much for revealing this and explaining this for us. God bless you. Thank you.